right, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you have um, a welcome to the pod this week? Yeah, Brooklyn Hobby Ian's a comfortable podcast, the only podcast where everybody on the show has three top twenty players and everyone not on the show does not. Oh, that's that, that that's a quality stat. I yeah, it appreciate is. I, I like that stat. Joey, um, relative to other episodes this uh, season, would you say that you put the most uh, effort into preparing for this one? Because I feel like you really put in the time, and I appreciate that. Honestly, it's not that I put in the time. Um, it's I think it's our longest agenda ever because it like it's halfway through page four, and I feel like we I don't barely ever get past page one. We've had this is probably episode like eighty, I want to say eighty-one, something like that. I I genuinely think that this is not the longest one we've had. We very rarely go past page one or page especially two. especially when we were like early in maybe season one, season two, and we were like doing deep analysis of every matchup. Honestly, I'm excited for football to be here. It definitely makes coming up with these agendas much easier. Um, it's good to have teams. It's good to have team names. It's, uh, you know, we're not really thinking much now. We're really getting spoon fed the stuff and we're just kind of, you know, making our takes within the framework of what football has already provided to us. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, this is um, definitely the easiest gen to make. Um, you got team names, you got draft recap, and then boom, you got an episode. But before that, we got a draft event waffle. Yeah. Is that well, a first off, waffle or is that like a John Kerry waffle? Uh, it is neither. In England, they call like um, meaningless banter waffle. Um, but also welcome, Yaakov. Good to have you on the pod. Um, welcome to your new home. Bruchim Habaim to your new home. Uh, good to see you uh, on the pod in this home. It looks very comfortable. Yeah, What's your new home? Uh, I have part of my downtown Silver Springs. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it looks, it looks spacious. You look much more moved in at this stage in your move than Adin did when I was on a podcast with him at a similar moment in the move-in process. Well, it's been almost two months now. So by this point, I would hope I would be at least mostly moved in. Oh, really? You live alone? Yeah. Nice. It's a quality move. Everybody in this uh, podcast has also uh, lived by themselves. And as far as I know, everybody in this podcast who's lived by themselves has enjoyed it. To varying degrees at varying moments in time. Um, but yeah. what's the waffle? The waffle is just, I just think like, like, like we, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we've gotten this agenda, a lot of talk about like the, the actual meat and potatoes of the draft, but I just like, uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. I was, I appreciated the, honestly, I was telling my parents about it. And I think the thing that I appreciated the most was the tablecloth. Like they, they just set the mood. It set the oh, mood. No, Janet great. did a great job with the decorating. Like they also like, listen, they, Jason and Janet have a very nice apartment. And we know that 0% of that, other than that Eli Manning picture was Jason. Like Janet is very clearly a very good internal. No, the, uh, the Kirk Cousins interior. thing was definitely Jason. Okay, fine. So except for two two football things the size of a piece of paper everything else is janice like she's clearly got an eye for interior design and yeah i agree with all the football decorations the football um cupcakes um the like decorations on the cupcakes like the little flags sticking out of the cupcakes yeah very good job shout out to janice i yeah. did enjoy choosing between cupcakes based on what little uh things were uh tucked into the top of them i took a finger that said number one that was that was what <laughs> i went with and i felt good about it felt like it was good muzzle on the day of the draft it is good yeah it was. um but on the topic of waffle, have you ever had a Stroop waffle? Yeah, it's bangs. Yeah, I like Stroop waffles as well. Yakov, you ever had a Stroop waffle? Uh, I don't think so. I think the best waffle I ever had was in Yeshiva after Yom Kippur. A group of us went to Waffle Bar to break fast. It's a solid yeah, breakfast. I don't know how I feel about Waffle Bar. I've mixed feelings. I feel like the, I feel like the idea of it is better than 
I'm not saying like they put ice cream on waffles in a bad way. I just feel like the idea of like a place for like the whole name, just putting ice cream on waffles sounds better than it is in real life. That's fair. But it's, fair fantastic. it's fantastic as breakfast after Yom Kippur. Yeah. I we, it's can we go back to Stroop waffles for a second? I was talking to somebody maybe like a year ago about Stroop waffles and how like, I think they bang. And the person said to me, when was the last time you had a Stroop waffle off of an airplane? Because like they're, they're regularly, um, you know, given as party or like, you know, kosher airplane food. And I said, I, I honestly don't think I've ever had Stroop waffle off of an airplane. No, maybe for like, if you fly like on a European airline. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever had one on an airplane. Okay. So I, I, and this person, I don't even remember who it was. have only ever had Stroop waffles on planes. And they suggested that we might not enjoy Stroop waffles as much. Uh, if it wasn't juxtaposed with trashy airline food, but it seems Joey, the the experience of eating them off of an airplane hasn't uh, gotten in the I've, way of I've, you enjoying them. I have only had one, and it was in Mush's apartment, and I I enjoyed it. Stroopwafels bang, yeah, Stroopwafels bang. But yeah, I get like it's definitely better than pretzels and peanuts. Like if they gave it to me on an airplane, I would definitely take that. Yeah. Once I flew Air Belgium, I didn't get a Stroopwafel even. Uh, that's bullshit. Shout at Air Belgium. Yeah. I flew. There was like it was my connector. I was going to Israel one time, um, and it was my connector all the way from Belgium to Tel Aviv. And there were no outlets. They made you like pay for water. Wait, really? Like transcontinental flight. They didn't give you an outlet. No well, tickets. Like, nothing. What is this? KMS's official airlines um, spirit. It's worse than spirit, man. It's worse than anything like Ryanair. Like is, I don't crazy. know if it's possible to be worse than spirit. Spirit. If you flew internet, I don't know if Spirit, I don't know if Spirit plan to make it internationally, but they'd give you an outlet. But one time I flew United uh, DC to Seattle and didn't get an outlet. So like, I don't know, Lieb, Lieb has experience with Boeing. Maybe he could tell us why planes don't have outlets. It seems like it's easy to do. Yeah. All right. We're ready to get into the potatoes? Yeah. I mean, like, right. I wouldn't mind, like you know, a bite with meat, potatoes, and maybe even a carrot together, but we can, we can start just potatoes. Yeah, I think team names are potatoes, draft recaps meat. Okay. And rank namesakes, is that carrots? Um, yeah, fine. Okay. <laughs> it, it might be just like the gravy like on the potatoes. Anyways, yes, the, the, the order is just the order of where they were like on the Yahoo homepage. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, are we doing 10 scale or 5 scale? Uh, I would like to just nominate my favorite one. I think, I, I assume that everyone's the favorite one because there's clearly a best name. But what's your favorite? Dr. Bunsen Young Waiku. Yeah, Dr. Bunsen Young Waiku is the best name. It's it's a contender for it's on the Ajay and Rava and um Carol title bound tier of I think best names of all time. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very good one. Um, but I think we should uh, so let's do a quick a quick little five scale for the other okay. ones. Okay. Um uh, start with Dr. Ch- Dr. Chief and the Electric Mayhem is the first one. I'll let you guys go first. That's Jason's uh, I'll give, name. I'll give that one a three. I like him. I also like the namesake. Tony? Yeah, I'll, I'll go three and a half. I'll go three and a half. Um, I think this is a, it's a, a B plus name. All right. I mean, Jason is very, very proud of it. And it is a deep cut. So I appreciate that. However, it is also a mouthful. And like just in general, I like names to be easy to say. Um, so Dr. Chief and the Electric Mayhem. I'll give it a three as well, but I do appreciate the cut of there being a doctor on the Chiefs. That part, like, I'll also say, like, Doctor Tardif also kind of sounds like Doctor Teeth, so he could just like, yeah, 
that also works. Oh, that's that's probably better. Um, <laughs> it's it's a real Golden Tate Golden Tater situation. To be fair, Jason is. I don't know him to be not proud of things he does. So like him being especially proud of this. I'll tell you this: when we were at Avi's house on what's that Pesach, and um, I threw out Muppets as a team name theme. Um, this is back in April. He's like, listen, I don't know if Muppets is actually going to be the theme, but I thought of the perfect name. And that's way back in April. So like five months later, like he's still equally proud of it. I think that means it's pretty proud. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, I don't think that is a unique thing. Like I bet you from the moment that Jason thinks something, he is proud of it and then continues to be that level of proud. I, I don't know. Let's move on. Mr. Snuffleupagus Farat, Yaakov, uh, what's, uh, what's your take? Uh, I think it's pretty good. It's a little bit of a mouthful, I think. I think the mister makes it a mouthful. Yeah, the mister definitely. So what's your grade with, with the mister? What's your grade without the mister? With the mister, I'll give it like two and a half. I think without Whoa. the mister, it would, I would bump it up to like a three and a half. Wow. Okay. Can I can I make an admission here on the podcast? I don't get this name. Do you know who Mr. Snuffleupagus is? Yes. But what does Farad have? Gus Farad. Oh, I guess the Gus. Yeah. Oh, that, that connector is really weak for me. Honestly. I think it's a strong connector. Um, really? Because yeah, it's like snuffle up a gis, not snuffle up a gus. Snuffle up a gus for hot. No, I think it works. I definitely think I mean, it works. I, see, I see where Tiny's coming from. Gus it doesn't is sound not exactly gis. The same. Like it spells the same, but it is not pronounced the same. I, also, right. I think his name might be snuffle up a gus. Like I think, uh, listen, Big Bird's Pretty six sure years old. Snuffle up a gus. I like it. I I like the vibe of this name. I'm gonna give it two and a half because I really didn't understand. But I like it's not a bad name. Uh, what if he gets rid of the Mister? No, I mean it's Mister Snuffleupagus. Okay, um, I'd say with with the Mister, I like this name a lot. Um, I'd say with the Mister, it's probably a three and a half, and without the Mister, if it's just Snuffleupagus for all, it's probably a four. Like I think it's a very strong name. Wow. I think this next name though is the one. It's the newest name. I think it's the one I'm most conflicted about. Um, T.J. Waka Watkinson. It's a good cut. It's a good joke. Um, the flow, it's just because like, it's, I think it's kind of similar to like when I was Nate said what it felt like, is the Waka Wakinson easy to say or hard to say? It's hard to say whether it's easy to hard to is say. Is it? Is it hard to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good call. It's hard <laughs> um, to say whether it's, uh, it's good. But I'm pretty sure I like it. And I'm pretty sure it's like in the three, five, four range. Um, and listen, I'm feeling, feeling generous today. I'll give it another four. Yuck. Uh I mean, I like this name. Um, also, I've I've always loved Fozzie Bear, so more on that later. You know, that's a great one. So I'll give this one a four. I think this is a four and a half. Oh um, wow! Okay. And uh, uh, for multiple reasons, like in the context of the season, I give it a four and a half. I like. I, I don't think this is like uh, you know a top one, even top two tier kind of like all time name. But for a number of reasons, I think it's good. I think it's actually pretty easy to say. Um, it, I think it's fun to say. Waka Waka is a good cut, yeah. and most importantly, the funniest letter. we have spent now like bordering on like a year of connecting Lieb to T.J. Hawkinson, and to be able to like you know this is a, a Jai level player fantasy owner uh, connectivity here, and for that I think Lieb deserves at least one bonus point, if not two. All right. What if? What about this? What if it was TJ Waka Walk and Stud? Eh, 
like I, I don't think you need that like extra. I think there there's a certain um quality to the like relative brevity of this name. Also, maybe Leib could just make a tradition of naming his team after his keeper tight end. <laughs> he he, he just want to wait for a Chazaka. That's true. All right, Yaakov, you gotta do some self reflection here. Floor is yours. Um, okay, here's the thing. I think I should get bonus points for the fact that, given my history of team names, the fact that I a came with my own team name and b was not the last one to have a team name. You get you get you get points for that. Yeah, I agree. We, we, we're you on, on like a ridiculous curve now. <laughs> Like a curve just for yourself. I, I, I guess we did it. that for Lieb. Yeah. I'll let it happen. I mean, I, the name definitely could could be improved a bit, but I like it. All right, Tony. There's a long history of... Um, uh, of um, What the fuck's their name? Stadler and Waldorf. Thank you. There, there's a long history of Stadler and Waldorf love in the Kumpuffle community. Um, and I'm really glad that someone made this. It didn't, you know, like it, when, when I thought I had, um, the rights to my own team name, like that's where I went immediately, um, you know, both to, uh, honor my mother and Elon who were both big fans of Sadler and Waldorf. Um, I I'm happy to see Sadler and Waldorf and honestly, um, yeah, I do think Yaakov gets points for all the things he said. Yeah. I think Yaakov gets one point and it's just for the things he said, because, <laughs> I, I, I still the execution team... is weak. The execution is weak, but that's okay. It's okay. okay. I'll, I'll admit the execution is weak. I can live with that. All right, then moving on to my name, Gabbert Nerney. Like I think it's just a, an all-around solid all-American name. Um, it's, it's a B plus joy name. Yeah, it, I, like, I feel like this is you kind of treading water for a year, um, but like that doesn't mean it's bad. You've kind of set the standard for team names, and this is in many ways a very Joey name. It's very easily pronounceable, not many words. Um, it's very straightforward. And of course the backup quarterback. Um, and also like, it's like a mainstream Muppet, you know, mainstream pair of Muppets. So I think uh, all in all, solid name for Joey though, you know, nothing uh, noteworthy. Yeah. I, mean, I think yeah, it's I a very, very just point. solid name. You know, not like a terrible name, not like an outstanding, incredible name. I think like very, just very solid. Yeah, I agree. It's just a, a rock solid all American name. And yeah, it's probably like in the three, five, four range also. Can I make a suggestion as we get up to DG Lit? Um, can we, instead of one to five, rank this name? Can we do one to five confidence that by week two Jesse will have a team name? <laughs> I, I think it should be team. one to five confidence that by week two Jesse will actually have heard of every person on his team. He drafted them. He's heard of them now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure at the time of drafting he didn't know who half his team was. Yeah, it'd be um, if you showed him. If you if you showed him the team names and you showed him their Yahoo stock photos in two different piles by week two, can you match them up? No way, no way. Can we do can we do the like the confidence on the team name though? Because like I you know, I think that's the closest we can get to like appropriately assessing Jesse. Um, I'm gonna I, go two. I'm gonna go three, but I think the name's gonna be a two. Oh, that goes without saying. <laughs> well, yeah. he has a giant rubber. He has an all timer. True. I mean, confidence, I think, you know, a three, he'll definitely get one. Um, as for what the name will be, eh, I don't know, two or three probably. I'm pretty sure uh, the Ajay and Rava, he was in person that year and was relatively holding because, like, he seems to have, like, that year he just did, he did all that research about the Colts. That was the same year? I think was, so. 
I don't think those are the same year. Yeah, I think it was the year after. Oh, no, no, no. That was Colts Ford. You're right. Yeah. Colts so, Ford was funny. I don't even get it. That was his funniest bit, especially considering his other bit was just drafting guys that I like, which more on this later. I don't appreciate that. All right. Um, Tiny Tim Patrick. So I think this is sort of the flip side. I think um, Lieb has um, Lieb has um, latched himself on to the rising star of TJ Hockenstud, and he used it to make a solid name. Um, I think Tiny Tim Patrick is using that same association for the negative with Adina Tim Patrick. Like Adina's very much put himself on Tim Patrick um, brand, which I think is a solid move. You know, he is like the fourth best receiver on like the 29th best uh, passing offense, but Tiny Tim Patrick is just a no for me, Doug. I didn't even know Tiny Tim Cratchit was a thing. I was well, also I didn't. I mean, I've heard of like Tiny Tim. I didn't think I didn't realize it was a Muppet. There, the, I think there are two Muppet. separate things. Yeah, it's a Muppet from the Great Expectations like episode of the Muppets. Like they did a parody. It's weak uh, as fuck. It's weak as fuck. This name's a one and a half. The only yeah, point yeah, is, is for the weak. Tim. T- like he didn't even keep Tim Patrick, so it's not like. But he, he does have Tim Patrick. You know, it's he fair. and he Dr. Bunsen Young Wei they both like made a point to get their player on their team. Yeah. 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 Uh, one and a half, Tiny Tim Patrick. I might give it a one. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a one also. Woohoo. Dang. Coming for blood. All right. That's just King Pepe. Yeah. Two. Maybe no, 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 no. Not just two. One and a half because mine is half a point for giving me a much better name. <laughs> I, I think that Pepe is his name is like Pepe the King Prawn, like his full name. Um, but it's still like you have to like think about how Pepe means penis and like what's a king penis, like the whole thing. Um, no bueno. Yeah, there's no player here. Yeah, there's no player here. It's nothing to do with football. It's nothing to do with. Um, it has to do with Muppets, but it's just about it. It's just penis. Like if his name was Ezra's penis, I might like that just for the shock value. But um, that's just King Pepe. <laughs> yeah, it might be like it's in the one, one and a half range. Yeah, it's definitely also like a one for me. I think it's a little bit of a leap. It's just bad. There's nothing here that like is good. It's not good. It's not good. However, we do wish the best. As a, as a policy, Kumfufu wishes the best for Ezra's actual King Pepe. Yeah. Yeah. More on that always. <laughs> Noam's gone so dick. I feel like I'm like the wrong person to like pass judgment on this. So I'll defer to you two. I I, I don't love that ever. That has become such a joke about this infant's penis. Um, yeah, I'm and happy. It's, it's definitely making me a little uncomfortable that everyone's joking about my nephew's penis all the time. Bro, you're just being a bad uncle. Yeah, man. If you're an uncle, you're going to see your nephew's penis a lot. My nephew, they picked me up from the Metro yesterday. For some reason, he was wearing like a Batman dress with no underwear. So it was just uh, flashing everywhere in the car. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good flex by your nephew. A purple Batman dress and like a black and pearl Batman dress and like a purple Spider-Man cape. Can I, can I get a picture of this outfit at some point? Because that's I'm legendary. Sure he'll put it back on. He puts it on a lot. Um, <laughs> that's a really good one. Yeah. And, I told uh, you. I told you my other nephew's penis story, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that I'll, one's I'll, fucking I'll, legendary. Do, do my, I hope you don't mind. I told my mom about that. Yeah, I'll sh- I'll share it on the pod. Let's so, do it. Um, so 
one of my other nephews, he's three years old and he was visiting his great grandfather and like three-year-olds, they get boners. I don't, I don't know what their boners mean, but they get them. All babies get boners. So he's talking to his great grandfather with a boner in his pants. And he's like, you want to see a magic trick? And he just whips out his boner. <laughs> and then his great grandfather says, I haven't been able to do magic in years. <laughs> so much going on in that story. It's unbelievable. Right. It's peak baby content on top of peak old man content. It's yeah, it's got everything you could possibly want. Yeah. This Which man like, is not my grandfather, though. I'm not no relation to this legend. So what? You do have a relation to this legend. He's family like Amiad's family. And for me, that's family. Okay, fine. That's that's crazy. And obviously, we've already said Dr. Bunsen Yomai Ku. That's a five. a five for me. Maybe even a five yeah. and a half. That's a five. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. And now let's rank the namesakes. All right. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. I'll start. I like their vibe. I like their attitude. I like their energy. However, they are not the best musicians, even within the context of the Muppet Show. That's obviously Rolf. Um, so like, I'll give them, I'll give them three, maybe 3.5. Wow. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a four. Okay. I just like yeah. the vibe, five-wise. Yeah, I like the vibe. I'll give it a solid three and a half. I, I mean, definitely Animal is like, Animal's potentially a four and a half, five-star Muppet. Animal's um, a five. There's yeah, no, yeah, there's yeah, no Animal's way Animal's a five. It. That's not up for debate. Right, so I guess it's like, it's kind of like Slash and Guns N' Roses, you know? You got to, where does like that one personality fit in with the context of the whole band? I don't know. You'd be nice to Axel. Yeah, no, Axel's very talented, but like Slash is clearly, it's the only one that's alive. I don't know. Slash is clearly has like a whole career beyond the band, as opposed to everyone else at Guns N' Roses, much like Animal's a whole career outside the band. That's fair. Uh, Stuff I guess it's hard to say, just like uh, with Eeyore, it's hard to say, like, you know, you don't want to like judge someone based on like their lowest moments and like his lowest moments is like kind of his whole deal. He's imaginary within a show about imaginary puppets. And he's like depressed. Yeah. He is the Eeyore yeah. of Sesame Street. They're basically the same character. I, he's got a cool design. I like the fact that he's an enormous mammoth when everyone else is like a hand puppet. Um, but he's got weak energy. Yeah, weak energy. But for me, he gets bonus points because I just love elephants. So like, that gives him bonus points for me. He's a woolly is he an elephant. Is Snuffleupagus, isn't that also his species? I believe that. Like he doesn't have ears. No He's not an elephant. I'm gonna give Snuffleupagus a two and a half because I really don't want to pass judgment one way or another. Yeah, I'll give him a two and a half too. He's got a, he's got a pep up. He's got uh, he's got a complicated story. I, I would give it a three just just for the elephant reference. All right. Okay. Fozzie Bear's a two for me. I don't like what. I don't like anti Semitic thing to say. Fozzie Bear is annoying as hell. Fozzie Bear does not have good vibes. Fozzie Bear is completely he's detached. Energy. He's completely, he's got like the wrong kind of, po- he's got like Aaron Troy positive energy. I don't <laughs> believe that positive energy for a second. You can't fool me, Fozzie Bear. You're fake. Two. Wow. Listen, I like that wow. Fozzie Bear's whole vibe is making old man Jewish jokes. I, I, I don't like the shtick of being purposely not funny as like a character. Um, I like the hat. Um, I like his little collar. So I'll give him a three. Uh, I give him a four. I've always been a big fan of Fozzie. 
as we okay. should. And I like the back-to-back, by the way, Fozzie Bear and Stadler and Waldorf, because Stadler and Waldorf are the exact opposite of Fozzie Bear. Completely believable. Like, they are not in any way going to be anything other than themselves, and that's evil, but in a funny way, in an engaging way, and in a way that I can really relate to. So Stadler and Waldorf, five for me. Yeah, they're easily five. They got real. I haven't been able to do magic in years energy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I, I would watch Stadler and Waldorf comment about just about anything. They should really do that. I don't know if like. What do you think Stadler and Waldorf's uh, preferred brand of um, ED medication is? No way they do Roman. They they'd probably not have sex before they used Roman. That's their Man. energy. Listen, like, do they have bottom halves of their body? No. Are they completely stiff all the time down there? Yes. They don't need any. <laughs> <laughs> You make really good points. Let's move on before we get in trouble. Bert and Ernie. Um, no, but I will say Stadler and Waldorf. Um, I, like the Muppets are owned by Disney. ABC is owned by Disney. ESPN is owned by Disney. So like we can get them on a Monday Night Football broadcast. They're nothing better than Booker McFarland. Like it's not like it's not like. I mean, um, that, that's not exactly a very high bar to cross. Better than but, Booker McFarland. Exactly. I'd, r- like, I'd rather Stadler and Waldorf than that Nickelodeon trash. Right, so it's not like if CBS like replaced um, Romo and Ants for an episode of Stadler and Waldorf, like that'd be annoying. But like, mute Monday Night Football anyway. So why not just have Stadler and Waldorf? That's true. Yeah. Didn't they like the Muppets do like a pregame show last year? Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. I have, I have no idea. All right, Bert and Ernie. I think Bert and Ernie is similar to Gabbert and Ernie. Like they're rock solid. They're all American. You know what you're getting. They're consistent. They're steady. Um, are they anything special? Not necessarily. Like I will say, Ernie fucks. Ernie's definitely better than Bert. <laughs> Um, but there you go. They're a solid like 3.5 Muppets. Are Bert and Ernie just the um wait a second, Joey? Are they the buddy comedy? What's it what's it with the Vince uh, Vince Vince Vaughn? Swingers? Yeah, are they just the guys from Swingers? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, I don't think like Ernie, like he's not supportive of Bert. He just annoys Bert. That's fair. Yeah, That's fair. he doesn't have that supportive energy, but like there's there is a certain amount of uh you know uh connection there i don't, I don't yeah, know yeah i mean they are an odd couple right they're like based on the odd couple i assume so like it all it all tracks yeah funny story about Bert and ernie in hebrew the hebrew version of the show they're called arik and bets and we used to always call it dean and bitsalo arik and bets because they would always be together on during Chagim. and they got the shape down <laughs> <laughs> except it's backwards yeah that's okay uh, that that adds to the thing we're not doing Thicklet. <laughs> All right, Robin the Frog's a one-star Muppet. Robin the Frog's weak. I don't even know who Robin yeah, the Frog so is. Like, I don't That's even know who Robin me. the Frog is. He's Kermit's nephew, but he doesn't have like Kermit's freaky like eyeballs or Kermit's freaky like weird little collar thing around his neck. And he doesn't have good energy. He's just a little frog. He's also, a, he's side note, Muppet. I'm very surprised that no one did a name with Kermit the Frog, considering he's probably like the most popular like well-known muppet he is the logo and i don't know if anybody noticed this because like the logo image is small but instead it's of the Kermit Fuffle Fuffle? podcast it's yeah, Kermit it does say, i did it notice the Kermit that. podcast so Kermit's represented i honestly i i am a bit sad that nobody did uh kermit the podcast is kermit yeah I, well i'm saying as a team name like no one did pikachu last year i think like is it um is it like a well-known thing that Kermit is like Bob Dylan? In what me, way? In that he's I don't in know. He, 
you know, he just gives me Bob Dylan vibes. Like, does Kermit actually do anything well? But like, he's I mean, if you watch just the Muppet crazy show, he vibe. like runs the entire show. He's just like what a is- crazy vibe. But what the things Bob Dylan does well, and the things he doesn't do well, are very, very well documented. Like he is widely considered the best lyricist probably of all time. He's the only musician to win a Nobel Prize for literature. Like I don't know, you're saying, but what does Bob Dylan do well? First off, I'm not, not I'm not super into lyrics, but I, I take your point. Uh, all right, anyway, this is probably a miss for me. It's fine. You you win some, you lose some. Pepe. <laughs> all right, Pepe the prawn. He's a one star Muppet. He's like everything wrong with Beaker. Like he's just got that like over the top manic energy, but just not buying the vibe. He's un- unpleasant to look at. I don't, I'm not on him. If you could explain away Beaker's personality by the fact that he is on a drug, what drug would that be? You're the drug man. Uh... I don't know. Like he needs anti anxiety medication. So I think I have to find out about a lack of drug. Hmm. All right. All right. Think on it. We have a whole season to come back. Gonzo. Wait, what about Pepe? Oh, Pepe's a no. It's a no. Yeah, Pepe's a zero for me. Oh, a zero. Okay. Yeah, fuck that. Gonzo's solid. Gonzo's a three for me. A what for you? A three. Okay. Uh, I like Gonzo. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a four. Bump him up because he is also a superhero. (laughs) Yeah, I I think. Listen, like Gonzo, what does he do better than Grover in any situation? That's that is the question. I agree. I really agree. I was thinking the exact same thing. Grover's a better superhero too. So like, if Kermit can cross over to Sesame Street, why can't Grover just cross over to the Muppets? Um, He doesn't impress me, Gonzo. Don't like his energy. Don't love Muppets in space. Um, (laughs) I'll give him a two and a half. I'm not impressed. That's fair. But Dr. Honey too, this guy fucks. He's a five star. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that makes sense. Um, All right. That's, that's, that's all the Muppet talk. You want to take a quick break and uh, after the break, we'll do a draft talk. If if, you're saying a day right now, I don't know what happens. Joey, (laughs) (laughs) I brag about your ad writing to people I don't know. Uh, yeah 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 i need to get back in it i'm with you i, I brag about you yeah, yeah 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 well i have not written one yet when's the episode going up in like two hours uh, uh, that's unlikely we'll see what happens <laughs> all right draft recap <laughs> um well I guess this is an ad for Climate People then. Climate People is the uh, presenting sponsor of the Net Zero Life Podcast Season 2. Net Zero Life Podcast Season 2 is uh, launching this week with uh, an episode with uh, Ezra Newman's mother. So um, I guess it's really not... Wait, that hasn't for- launched yet? You recorded that so long ago. I know. Uh, well, we had already like we were already preparing for Season 2 as we were finishing Season 1, um, which, like, and we're already preparing for Season 3 as we haven't even done one episode of Season 2. Um, so it's really not an ad for climate people who are the presenting sponsor of the Net Zero Life. As much as it's a, an ad for the Net Zero Life, please give us five stars, rate and review on Apple Podcast. And uh, yeah, that would really mean a lot to me and to Nathan and Mitch, even though you don't know Mitch. I know Mitch. His car was parked in my driveway for a summer. I love Mitch. Mitch is so fun. <laughs> All right. Draft recap. Adin. So I, you know, you you added a bunch of stuff analyzing uh, each player 
you know, categories. And I, and I went in and added one more category before any of them. And that's uh, new strategies. Cause I feel like a number of people in the league went a- away from their MOs this year. And I think that that's worth the conversation. Adin keepers and then just stealing Ezra's thing of like getting a bunch of mid players. So I think that's interesting. I think, I think that's interesting. And, you know, we'll get into uh, the, the way he executed in, in your best picks. Um, but uh, Adin just really getting involved, really, really getting involved. He claimed that he was going to, for the bit, make the finals this year and then lose to someone who's already won so that we can do the good divisions next year. But like he'll still maintain his upward trajectory. That's what he told me in the car on Friday. All right. That's a, that's a, it's a lot mean, to do it, on it, purpose. It's like, yeah, it's a tall task for him. But, you know, he, he ended up with a solid team. So I guess he's it's a possibility. In the league. Yeah, it's definitely a, a rock solid All American kind of team. He's got um, two top twenty players, five top fifty players, one top seventy player. So that's eight out of his ten um, starters in the top seventy, which is like definitely above average for the league. Um, and yeah, I think it's a I think it's a strong team. We talk about his best pick. I think he's um, locked up the Raiders' backfield. So and Kenny Drake, he might be useful like as a spot starter, and Josh Jacobs, like he's a He's a good enough guy to flex. So he's got that for $21, like a, a professional football team's backfield. I think Mark Andrews for $18 is good. And I think, listen, Tim Patrick is his worst pick and his uh, best pick. It's his uh, best pick for the shtick. It's his worst pick for like why waste a roster spot. And it's also not actually on his team anymore. What? What? That's upsetting. I just opened his team. It's not like he's not on there anymore. Oh, that's upsetting. Shot at Adin. Yeah, that's, 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 that's misleading. That's subterfuge. Yeah. I don't um, like no, no. I don't like Adam Thielen for nineteen dollars. I really think he's just old. I think he's got Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, both of whom are good. Not to mention the fact that like Kirk Cousins isn't amazing. Um, I, I I don't like that setup for Adam Thielen. He's slow. Um, I just I think well. Also, the big problem with Thielen is that his quarterback is definitely going to catch COVID about six times this year. Double true. So I really don't like that pick, but. Other than that, yeah, I think uh, Adin certainly set himself up to be in the mix. And I think after the draft, it's really, you know, all you need to worry about is setting yourself up to be in the mix. And I think he's done that. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to Daniel. Do you have anything for his new strategies? Yeah, I think Daniel is usually someone who gets uh, pretty involved in quarterback. And I know he got a top five quarterback in Dak, but um, he only spent $9. And he got was, good value on Dak. He really did. And I mean, Dak was honestly the guy I was uh, had targeted going into the draft. And, you know, obviously more on my QB situation later, we get to my team. But, um, you know, I think this was the kind of value I was hoping to get on Dak. And I, I like that Daniel got him. But Daniel, you know, I, I was saying in the car on the way home with Ezra and, and Jakob and Nadine that like Daniel for like five years, his MO was 31 to $33 on Aaron Rodgers. Like, part of his strategy was investing at QB one, QB two. And um, he was he your that. bidding mate for Mahomes? I forget. Okay. I feel like it was Ezra, honestly. I don't know. Yeah, but also quarterbacks are just cheap this year. They really uh, are. Yeah. I think that I mean, reflects the quality, a- the, the quality of manager in this league, honestly. And yeah, also like- there's just a lot of good quarterbacks. So once you get past the first, you know, one to three quarterbacks, they're pretty come there. You know, they're not, there's not much difference between which one you get. Yeah. But so even in that tier, Lamar Jackson went for $11. Like, uh, what did, and I cut Allen for three. Mahomes only went for like 20. 
Yeah, right. I mean, like, if you can get basically, you know, a very comfortable quarterback, but save yourself ten or fifteen dollars, that could, you know, that could be a big upgrade in, you know, maybe your wide receiver, your running back situation. Yeah, no, I agree, but uh, I think there's no, there's literally fantasy wise, no one comparable to Lamar Jackson. Like he does a very unique thing. So, uh, I think Kyler. I, I like what did um, Kyler go for. I don't think he was so expensive either. Kyler went for nineteen. Yeah. Oh, he went for double Lamar Jackson. That's wild. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out a pick that I like from Daniel was Gus Bus at 22. I just yeah. think um, that's that's a really high floor guy, a guy who's going to get touchdowns. Um, and, uh, you know, whether or not they use him on all three downs in kind of the middle of the field is balanced out by the fact that they are definitely they, they, they love him in the red zone. Joey can speak to this better than anybody. Uh, I just really like that pick for him. Yeah, I love the Gus Bus. And. Yeah, so he has two top 20 players, three top 50 players, four top 70 players. So that's nine players in the top 70 overall, which is, um, I think it's tied with me for highest. So, is it just me? Or were there more like top two round guys kept this year? Because like you said, for Daniel, yeah. his worst pick was not taking advantage of keepers and going big on a stud. And as someone who usually likes to do that, I think I was surprised during the draft at how few opportunities there were to do that. Yeah, there was a big drop off, which I think has to do with like, why Tyreek Hill went for $68, which I think was overvalued, no offense. But um, no, I think I think that the caliber of keeper was higher this year than in other years, and that led to a big drop-off in bidding after the top couple guys. Yeah, Daniel's I, number one wide receiver <clears throat> is Julio Jones, which could look very prescient, but also could really blow up in his face. Um, I think he and I are both going to be very active on wide receivers and in competition on the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, it's got great running backs. It's got Kamara and Eckler. I, I assume that's the best running backs in the in the league. And and Gus Bus as the flex running back. Like I think, I think that's got to be not better than mine. Who do you have again? You have Taylor, Taylor, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, and um, Swift. Um, honestly, I think it's kind of comparable. That's fair. It's uh, certainly like top of the league. Anyway, um, let's talk. Uh, anything else on Daniel? Um, no, just think, yeah, he should have gone all in, try to get someone like McCaffrey, Henry, because like, he had the he had the extra space to do it. Yeah. Or even even not in that tier, he should have gone for like. I mean, I, I, th- I think it's that he should have spent higher on wide receivers, tried to get a, a higher tier guy as a wide yeah. receiver one. Yeah. So even if he went to like overspend on like Robert Woods against Tani just to get a guy, I agree. I think that would be, I think that would have made sense. Yeah. All right. Do you know any new strategies for Ezra? I mean, when was the last time he had a top five player? Yeah, I was like, I was looking at the rosters. It's kind of surprising that he had Dalvin Cook. I was like, oh, that's not really an Ezra kind of thing to do. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really uh, um, impressed with that. With that get, Yaakov and I were both saying in the car on the way home that we are kind of jealous of Ezra making this pick. Yaakov and I were both strongly considering maxing out to one dollar bids to to get Dalvin Cook because we both thought that was really good value. It was at 71, 72? Yeah, something like that. Just, yeah, something around there. I mean, like in past years, the, the top running backs have gone for $80. That's why, yeah. like, th- this is a really good value for Dalvin Cook. I, I really don't see him on such a different tier as Kamara. Um, I, you know, and he went for less than Kamara all the same. And it's not even like, you know, more That's Kamara. McCaffrey. Yaku, Kamara's no, you're uh, I'm McCaffrey. sorry. Yeah, McCaffrey. I'm, I'm sorry. But like, this is a good value. I, I really think 
Um, we all know that I like uh, having top end guys. He's got a top end tight end in Waller. He's got a top end receiver in Hopkins. He's got a top end uh, running back in Dalvin Cook. And I think that's the foundation of a really good team. He's got solid guys uh, across the board in the backup. And again, he's in the mix. And that's yeah, and he got good value with Lockett for 18 Evans for 12. Like, yeah, I, I, I think Lockett might be the best pick of the draft. Like, I'm really upset that I bowed out so early. I, I like what I was saying um, earlier. Like, I think I was really confused by like how many players of what caliber were left in the draft. And I think, you know, that Ezra really got good value there on Lockett. Very upset that I didn't uh, continue to bid because I, I was against Ezra on Lockett that I know. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he has two top 20 guys, three top 50 guys, two top 70 guys. So that's only seven guys in the top 70, which means he's got some work to do. Um, around the margins and the flex um, and that could cause him some death issues. Like, I don't think his death is great at all. Like uh, if one of those Buccaneers running backs, like becomes the real starter, um, then he's really got something. So as now, yeah, definitely got a good foundation needs to get a lucky a couple times, do the waivers right a couple times. Uh, but yeah, he could, he could do something. Yeah. Yeah. Jason seems bad. <laughs> Yahoo. I think so for sure. Jason's team is bad. I don't like any of his best players. Honestly, you put Barkley at 51 on a best pick. Like, I don't know. Uh, I am out on Saquon because two reasons. One, you still don't know what his status is going to be coming off the injury. And two, the Giants have maybe the worst offensive line in football. Yeah. Yeah, but he also might be the most athletic player in football. He like, but like he also has like terrible game script in the first two weeks of the season. Like they're they're playing against really, really good defenses with decent offenses weeks one and two. Like there could be a situation where like he's he's only getting like 12 13 rushing attempts a game that's not enough for for a a running back one right and Saquon's his only top 20 guy so that's that's my real problem I don't really have a problem with Saquon as your best running back but if Saquon's your best running back then you better have Devontae Adams you better have a tight receiver someone else to go with it or even like why did he spend so much on Mike Evans like it's just confusing. Like he he spent up on guys he didn't need to uh, spend up on, like Joe Burrow, um, Mike Evans, like I, Sanders. Like what's going on? Odell, what are we talking about here? Yeah, but I think still, I'm gonna I go out on a limb and say this: Jason will not make a playoffs this year. I'm right, willing to I'm I'm willing to bet anybody on this. Jason's not making the playoffs this year. And he has one top 20 player, three top 50 players, two top 70 players. So even like you'd think if he only has one top 20 player, then his 50 and 70 would be really full. Um, he's only got six top 70 guys overall, which isn't great. But still at the end of the day, I think Waddle for five can really be a hit. And I think it could be a hit for like the next three, four years if he keeps and if Waddle actually becomes what he could become. Yeah, but don't um, forget, like my, my team last year is a great example of how like you can have good keepers and still have a really bad team in any one given season. Yeah, fine. But I think Wild for $5 is in a vacuum. I think it's still a great, I think, great potential no, value. Yeah, definitely, definitely a good pick. Um, and I think Barkley for 51 is still good value. It's just if he's your only top 20 player, what does that mean about you? Like, I guess if the value is like relative to like draft expectations, like I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm out. I'm out here. Well, like, what do you think that has to do with what his keeper situation was going into the year? I mean, he won a championship. So. Listen, championships never champions never need to apologize for anything. Um, I think that when you only have fifteen dollars of money spent in keepers, there is no excuse to not get a top ten player. That is unacceptable. 
Yeah, that's fair. But he just did. He didn't have so much bonus money. You know, I think it, it doesn't matter. Like it, it, all the more reason. Like it, keepers is not a like as much as the bonus is kind of the way we measure it. Um, you need to be spending the money that you have, right? And I think I honestly I did this poorly this season. But like, if you have one hundred eighty-five dollars of money, you have to be in on Camara. You have on McCaffrey. McCaffrey. You have to be in on Dalvin. You have to be in on um, on uh, Adams. Like that is like for me. If you have that much money going into the draft, I don't care who you kept. Like those need to be one of those guys needs to be on your team, or just have a very solid middle class. No, no. Like I, I, I genuinely disagree with that strategy. Like if you have that money, you must be in on the top guys. Like otherwise, like your keeper strategy was a waste. All right. Moving on to Jesse. Uh, Jesse has two top 20 players, two top 50 players, two top 70 players, only six overall. And um, I wouldn't say he's bursting a top end talent. That being said, he has Aaron Jones. He has Najee Harris. And he got Najee Harris $40, which I think is maybe it's up there. The best picks of the drafts potentially uh, if he hits. We'll see. It, there, there, there's a lot of talent on that offense. Like when you're when you're looking at Eric Ebron being like the sixth best player on your offense, I think that speaks to the 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 depth um, in in uh, an offense. I don't think like they you know they uh, have been talking about getting Big Ben under center more, which I think theoretically could be good for Najee. But in reality, like they want that so that he'll do more play action. I think the the idea in Pittsburgh... Well, more play action also means more handoffs, right? Like I think the Titans lead the league in play action passes. I I mean, it kind of does because if you never hand it off, the play action doesn't have as much impact. The Chiefs Chiefs beg to differ. Um, And like you don't. You don't actually need to hand off the ball to to get the benefit of uh, play action, and like the data bears that out. So, like, it, it could be. I'm not. I'm not saying this is a bad pick by any means. I just. I, I don't necessarily feel the same optimism for Najee. I think it was a good value. I don't think it was crazy though. Um, it was certainly good value, and I think just listen, Jones, Montgomery, Najee Harris. It it's probably right as of today worse than what you and Daniel have, but. I think by the end of the season, it could look just as good. Agreed. Yeah, he's definitely very solid running backs. But then, on the other hand, his receivers are pretty bad. Are they pretty bad? Um, yeah, I was upset that he bid me up on Allen Robinson. Um, I I like Allen Robinson. You know, the CBS guys have been saying like, think about it this way: like either very quickly um, Fields becomes the starter because uh, the Red Rocket uh, is poor. And then he gets a really good quarterback, or the Red Rocket is so good that they don't bring Fields in. And if he's good, it means Allen Robinson is good. I mean, you can just look at his team, and they're all very much dependent on how good the offense is. Like we always go through it. Jalen Hurts, he could hit, he could bust. Depends on how good their offense is. Allen Robinson depends on the Bears. DJ Moore depends on Darnold. Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris depend on how the Steelers' offense does. Um, Aaron Jones is a rock solid All American. Can't beat that. Um, Montgomery again depends on the Bears. Lance Thomas depends on Vince Magic. Um, Zach Moss. Let's see, he's probably not going to do anything, but if the Bills change strategies and start handing the ball off more, maybe it could be something. And boy, Jacoby, Elijah Moore, Jarvis Landry, again, like a lot of variability in how those offenses could do. And they could all be very good starters. Like they all potentially. I mean, they could be. The other thing I'm also worried about is I'm not a big fan of stacking running backs and wide receivers on the same team because I think it takes away from your potential points because it was few last year. It did. It's, it did at some points, but also at points it didn't because the problem is like, I think it just puts a kind of a cap on the points you're going to get because any, because, you know, 
because you can't have both of them doing well on the same play. So if one of them is going to get a bunch of points, then the other one probably won't do as well. Yeah, but they and also versus, they like, work you know, together. Someone will teams. get those points, right? Like I'm sure just an absurd amount of Titans touchdowns went um, between AJ Brown and Derek Henry last year, and I guess like Johnny Fulcher a bunch. But but, so you, be, but my point is like, but, but what is your potential for points is not is not as high as it would be if you had a running back and wide receiver on a different team who would, who could both get higher volume. I don't know if that's true. I think it just depends. Like I'd rather have. I'd rather have obviously Kelsey and Tyree kill than um, just like Allen Robinson and Josh Jacobs, you know, like I'd rather have two guys on one really good offense as opposed to a couple of guys on middling offenses. Not to, um, not, not, I, I, I think that was an interesting conversation. I think we should move on uh, not to, not to pile on Jason anymore, but can you imagine spending four times uh, the price of Jarvis Landry on Odell? Like, come on, come on, man. <laughs> Four times. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, obviously, um, you know, given the choice of those two, I think Jesse made the right one. So interesting there. I mean, well, what do you guys right? think about before we move on? What do you guys think about Jacoby Myers? I, I, I like that, especially now that Mac I mean, is there. I mean, me and Tony were talking about this before you were before you got on. I think the problem with New England's offense is they have so many people to go to the ball that I think everyone, you know, I think like everyone in the offense is gonna get like, you know, maybe like 30 to 50 catches. Because it's going to get spread around so much that I don't think I don't know that any of them are going to be so good for fantasy. But do they have any other deep targets besides Jacoby? Jacoby's I mean, Nelson, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar is your deep target. Yeah, if he catches it. Yeah, I think with with Hunter Henry out. Um, I think and, you know he's back. Hunter Henry's back. Oh, he's back. Yeah, he yeah. was back in practice the last couple of weeks. All right, so yeah, I, I, so I don't I, think Jacoby I, Myers is um, a huge upside play, but you know, there's always a PPR monster. For New England, with I mean, last yeah, he, he has a chance to be like a super high catch guy, but I just feel like you know, if you're throwing the ball, you have like three running backs, two tight ends, three receivers who are all like, I think, I think they're they're just going to spread the ball around a lot, which is going to lead to none of them ended up being very good for fantasy. Right. Okay, now let's move on to Lieb. Um, so Lieb has one top twenty player, that's Nick Chubb, um, four top fifty players, which I guess is not the most. And uh, two top 70 players. So that is seven top 70 players overall, which is pretty much like where the league is holding. This is just like a very, very um, big variance team for me. I think, um, you know, you already kind of hinted at it in the agenda, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, big, big variance uh, right there. Um, you know, I mean, Nick Chubb is is not, especially with Hunter around, he's not going to be especially involved in the passing game. Right. And, it's just, and you look at Derrick Henry last season as the ultimate upside for a guy who's not involved in the passing game, and he finished fourth. Right. Um, it's a lot like when Derrick Henry had a split carries with, uh, what's the name, Dion? Dion Lewis, yeah. Yeah, yeah Dion Lewis. Less. Yeah, you have to have Kareem Hunt in the way. And then, like, yeah, Nick Chubb, he's going to average five-plus yards a carry. He's going to be very effective. But where's that ceiling? But I mean, look at look at all these guys with with big big variances. Lamar, you know, the past two seasons, I really I think really speak for themselves. Well, also, Lam- also Lamar, you have the COVID issue, which you don't know how how much all, that's going to pop up. Yeah, all the more so. Michael Pittman, what's what's his quarterback situation like? Is he actually going to be good? Mike Williams is, I mean, like the ultimate guy. Um, Devontae Smith as well. So I really think that there's like a lot a lot of just raw football talent on this team. Maybe accepting uh, Edward Tulare, uh, who is much, much more of a, a, a situation kind of value. Like I think there's a lot of uh, up and down uh, potential on this team. Yeah, 
And yeah, it'd be nice. Like he got Chubb. It'd be nice to get someone else in that um, upper echelon. Um, just in case, like if he has, like, if Chubb doesn't hit, if Chubb doesn't hit a ceiling, then Leap could be in trouble. And yeah, like just looking at this now, I, I would put him out of the playoffs. I was about um, to say, I'm, I'm going to try on the fly to choose four teams to not make the playoffs. I've got Jason and Leap so far. All right, moving on to Gavi, um, who's also um, got a lot of top 50 talent, not a lot of top 20 talent. Um, so he has one top 20 player, five top 50 players, which has to be the most, one top 70 player. So again, seven players in top 70. Um, what's this? Bunsen, Young, Miku. I, I disagree that you dis, uh, that you dislike his Michael Thomas uh, buy for 13. Like, if you think that you, at that point in the draft, already have enough talent to be in the mix for the playoffs, Michael Thomas is a really good buy for 13. Yeah, I plus mean, the keeper opportunity. It's yeah, just... I mean, I think it's solid to take a guy who, you know, stash him on the IR. And, if he, you know, if he comes back and he's anywhere close to, you know, where he, where he used to be, like, even if it's just like three quarters, you know, that's a solid second or third wide receiver, or even a flex to, you know, boost your lineup halfway through the year. Right. And he got a lot of value in the middle class. I think Gaskin for 24 is good value. I think Damian Harris is good value. Listen, yeah. Koo for $2, it was worth it for one of the best names in team history. I think Kittle for 24 is great value. And I think Herbert for six is good, maybe not great. I yeah. And and for what it's worth, Gavi specifically said that Herbert was the guy that he was targeting. So I don't know, you know, like, I, I don't know why he feels that way. I think um, Herbert is just an unknown right now with a new, you know, a new guy running the offense there, a new head coach. You know, so I think it's a little bit of an unknown until we get a better picture of what the offense is going to look like. But maybe he knows something we don't. So and if Michael yeah. Thomas, if Michael Thomas actually comes back um, after seven games, and his wide receivers are Metcalf, Adams, Thomas, his running backs are Robinson, Harris, and Gaskin, like this could be a real team that's scary. It's be, it's I, I worry a little bit. I, I about Damian Harris getting vultured in the red zone, like especially especially like by the tight ends. Also by, I think Ramondre Stevens could get a lot of goal line carries. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been saying that Stevens has been uh, really quality in practices in preseason. He was I'm, really good in preseason. And, I'm wondering, I, and also, also he's right, like a more so, of a bigger bruising guy. So I worry about him taking like all the goal line carries and Damon Harris will Patriots, lose a lot of touchdowns. And the Patriots have opportunity for an running back committee. Like they will use it. So I guess maybe that is I mean, scary. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like they have three good running backs that I think they're going to rotate around. And James Robinson, I they loved him last year, but I think like there's new there's a new administration in town that did not know Joseph, and like I think they drafted ETN the first round for a reason. Like I think yeah, but ETN got is different. out for the season. I know, but I'm saying there's which a reason. definitely will help boost him. It, obviously, that's the reason he kept James Robinson. I'm just saying, like the fact that they used a first round pick on a running back when they had James Robinson means that maybe they have mixed feelings about Robinson, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I also wonder, Ooh. like. A sp- you know, be behind Metcalf and Adams um, and across the running back position, I kind of feel like there is not much dis- like being distinguished between these players. And I wonder if Gabe might um, find himself kind of um, undermining himself by accident because he has roster choices to make. Um, I feel like that's a that's an interesting thing to watch with Gavi over the course of this season, especially among his running backs. I think if you have if you have our roster choices to make for wide receiver three and flex, I think that's a good place to be in. I think everything's solid except yeah. wide receiver three and flex because you find those things. No, but in other words, like I don't think there's much uh, of a distinction between any of his running backs. Like maybe a little bit for James Robinson, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if like Gavi gets someone off of waivers uh, at, at the running back, like 
you know, who, who, who has a good week or two, like all of a sudden he has like four dudes who, yeah. and, and so he, you know, roster choices, that's all I'm saying. Well, I think Tracerman's going to still be um, his bench depth for the time being, but we'll see. So one other thing, I actually really like Trey Lance as like a draft and stash because if he's like, you know, they turn the, the offense over to him like halfway through the year, I think he really could have some upside later in the year to either trade away to someone who needs a quarterback or to just have like I can't imagine I can't imagine a ten league, ten team league anyone's ever gonna change for a trade for a quarterback. Uh, I mean it happens every single year that someone needs a quarterback halfway through the year. If someone trades for a quarterback. Um I, I think it happens data. a lot. It definitely happens. I can't open the sheet now, but I'll check after. Um, and yeah, does he really, if he has Herbert, should he trust enough to just um, go with that and not use it out? Second roster space on a quarterback, right? Like that's sort of, I don't like that he took a sticky when he has Kittle. If you have Kittle, that means you're locking in the Kittle. Um, and to well, Gabby's I, point. I, I mean, I don't know. Like Kittle does get hurt. I think it's, uh, I understand. But he could have gotten Gasicki or someone equivalent off waivers. Like if you have Kittle, like use your roster spots, you know, using two roster spots on a quarterback and two on a tight end. And then keeping an IR spot for a receiver full. That's fair. Okay. Um, he does also have three 49ers for the time being, which is probably too much. Yeah. Yakov is stacked at receiver with Hill and AJ Brown. That's really nice. Yeah, Yakov's team is very hard to make like best pick, worst picks, because when you spend all your money on top guys, then yeah, there's no the worst picks and best picks are really for guys between like 10 and 40 and you have no guys between 10 and 40. I really think that um Yakov executed his draft strategy to the T. It's um a high variance draft strategy, but I'd like with the exception of Kareem Hunt, I like all the picks that you made. Yeah, my my biggest hole is definitely at, our, at my second running back position. But I mean like going into the draft my plan was to get a top running back and a top wide receiver, which I was targeting McCaffrey and then I wasn't sure which running, which wide receiver I wanted, so I was pretty happy hey, with how the draft turned out. Hate to break this to you, but we were all targeting McCaffrey. I mean, yes, but I mean clearly not because it's not like he went for so much. Yeah, he went for a good amount. Um, I saw I saw a tweet yesterday, like someone tweeted one of the CBS guys, like I'm drafting at nine. Who I hope um, should fall to me, and like Jamie said, McCaffrey. Like, listen, we all want McCaffrey. <laughs> um, I mean, but like the nice thing is about in an auction, like you have the opportunity. And right. Yaakov made it happen. I think yeah. of the people who who did the stars and scrubs, I think Yaakov had the best draft. I really do. Um, right. And you could just look at the breakdown of his team. Um, and this maybe shows kind of the flaw of doing top 20 instead of top 10. But Yaakov has three top 20 players, no top 50 players, two top 70 players. So he's literally got nothing um, in that but middle. It's not just that. Like, look I mean, at- also, but that, that's what happens when you're left with $30, like 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. Left. I'm just saying that you, I'm saying that, that your roster, just like, like that stat very much typifies how uh, stars and scrubs you are. I yeah. think, like, it, it was weird that it played out this way. That like the um, the the guys you were able to get at the end of the draft were all receivers when receiver is like the strength of your team. But like, I was really impressed that you were able to get Chenault, Callaway, and Parker late. Yeah, I think Callaway despite Callaway Callaway was someone who I really wanted going to the draft because I yeah. thought he he has a huge upside for what was probably a little cost, a small cost. And the Visca Chenault also is a guy who I wanted who I thought it could have a big upside for a small cost. Yes, yeah, yeah, Jaguars just like Marvin Jones, Chanel, DJ Chark, and like and Trevor Lawrence. We hope will be good, but who knows? Um, I, I just I don't love the Jaguars receivers, but listen, you have every right to. Like he's definitely talented. Just have to see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I like I like this draft a lot. I really do. 
Joey, what, right. what, what was your game plan going into the draft? So I, I had a really organized I had optimizer. I went to the last three years of Kung Fu Full Auction drafts and optimized what would have been the best team based on draft slot. So um, the best team, just using like numbers real quick, would have been, so I was keeping Allen and Ridley. So given that I was keeping Allen and Ridley, it would have been if I got running back number four, running back number six, running back 34, Wide receivers 21, 23, tight end three, the best defense, best kicker. So that's why I spent two on defense and kicker um, because the optimizer felt very strongly. You want to have the best defense and kicker. So I did that. Um, and then Kelsey going for 43 sort of messed everything up. So I had to veer away from the optimizer. Um, so I could like, I can say what my optimized team would be and you guys can compare it to my actual team if you want. Okay. Uh, okay. Give me a sec. All right. So my optimized team would have been uh, Josh Allen, Barkley Mixon, James Conner, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Jerry Judy, George Kittle, which I got a bunch of those guys on my team anyway. Um, and like, I guess the big thing would have been instead of um, Kelsey getting Barkley and instead of, and like, and still getting Kittle. So I guess instead of Mike Davis and Kittle, uh, and Kelsey, I would have gotten Barkley and Kittle. Honestly, just like looking at the money you spent, like makes me feel that the best pick of the drafts was still Tyler Lockett at 18. Like you spent 16 on Jerry Judy. I like and Jerry I, Judy a lot. And I, I do too. I, I don't, in other words, I don't think that the Jerry Judy buy at 16 was bad, but it just like brings into focus, like how good that draft for Lockett at 18 was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like Jerry Judy. I worry a little bit about his quarterback situation, but yeah. I like that you I, got Jamar Chase. I got Jamar Chase. Yeah. I, I think that I, I will take me a few weeks to figure out which wide receivers do hit. Uh, between Anderson, Judy, Cooks, Chase, um, and Juju and Gallup are just kind of there just to be there. Um, uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks is like on my permanent stay away list because he's good for like at least one concussion a year. And but, he's like on the worst team of football. He's on the worst too. team of football, but he's also the only viable player on their whole roster. Um, and he's like, he's just very consistent year after year like, um, when he's on the field. And yeah, so I had three top 20 players, which honestly surprised me um, when I was looking at it. Um, but yeah, people are high on Mixon. Um, and so I'm just, I'm trusting them there, um, two top 50 players and four top 70 players. So that's, I got nine top 70 guys overall, which made me feel better about my draft when I was actually looking at it that way afterward. Um, so I'll, I'll always have a starting lineup. Um, and listen, I'm also projected for the most points this week. So like, I feel better based on like what other people are saying, what, what, what the internet is saying about my team <laughs> than I actually feel about my team. Um, so I don't know what that necessarily means, but you know, see what happens. Yeah, honestly, I'm in a very similar boat. Like, um, new strategy for me was like I've never spent more than like six bucks on a quarterback in the draft. Like I've kept top quarterbacks in Watson and uh, Lamar, but that was like after their rookie years, and I had them for very cheap. And I just felt like Mahomes for 23 was a real value. Usually, the number one quarterback going into the season goes for about 30. And like ultimately quarterback, like there's a lot of points there. And I just felt like that was uh yeah. So were you uh, bidding on him to get him or are you bidding on him? Like last year I ended up like juju for 40 because I was just bidding up Lieb. Um, I wasn't I wasn't bidding anybody up. Like I I, I was in the mix just because kind of like what you were saying about McCaffrey, like um I really didn't expect to get Mahomes. I figured yeah. like the bidding would continue. So I was like, I'll can I'll bid on Mahomes as long as he's like within what I think is an acceptable price for quarterback. And I figured Honestly, I thought Gavi or Jason would end up near 30. Uh, Daniel too. And and I Jason just Jason never spends on quarterback. I was looking at 
in my pre-draft, I was looking at like what people spend on things. Basically, you and Jason never spent on quarterback and tight end. Well, I guess I only thought that because Jason likes his guys and he probably should have won the league last time he had Mahomes. So anyway, I really thought that someone would do it. And then like it just kind of stopped 23. And I was like, I'm not I'm not opposed to this at all. Like I Jason on my feet. Yeah, I didn't think that um like it was honestly the same with Derrick Henry. Like I thought Henry was going to go for at least 70, considering how few top running backs were there. And I got him for 61. And I was like, okay, this is like not the type of player. Like I'm usually not interested in the not doesn't catch uh, passes running back, but at 61, like what was that? Like uh nine less than um than Cook. 14 less than McCaffrey like that those were two good deals that I didn't feel like I, I got bad value I still got my top guys and so the team looks different I'm really stressed about wide receiver um yeah but, you, you just don't have depth and like yeah you have like, three but top I never 20. have depth I never have you have three depth. top 20 players and I'm willing to say you're three top 20 or better my three top 20 and you have three top 50 players but no top 70 um that's just not a concern to me like top 70 guys like honestly like past your top six roster guys like everybody's basically waiver fodder. Um, and like, as it happens, I'm projected for over 140 points in week one, whether or not I win in week one is really not such a concern, but like I'll get involved in the waivers very quickly. Um, because I always yeah, you're do. always league leader in waiver yeah. moves, except for randomly at last year. Yeah. Um, and, and you said worst picks for woods and swift. And like, on the one hand, I agree that like I spent more on them than I would have wanted, but they were both guys I was targeting. Actually. Uh, I just really feel like the worst pick was the locket. Like I really feel like that night I was like looking at the draft. I just feel really dumb that I didn't stay involved in the locket thing. Like, especially looking at my receivers right now. Yeah. And also like just looking back at hindsight 2020, just looking at, cause I was debating between keeping Allen for three, um, and Mark Andrews for 10. And then like Robert Woods was like, I think I had him for 18. I was thinking like, oh, I could do that. And then, yeah, it turns out that Rob Rose for 18 might have been the best um, value of those guys based on what people actually spent on quarterback and tight end. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, God, I only have two uh, missing the playoff guys so far. suppose I need a pick. We go Gabe. We go Gabe for my third one. And um, where's Jesse's team? Like Jesse's easily. team's your is your is your backup team. Jesse's team. I don't know. I'll, I'll let I'll let Jesse in the playoffs. What's a Dean's team? Uh, Dean's got a good team. I think he makes I playoffs. Patrick. Uh, yeah. I need to I mean, make a pick. Yeah, I do like this team. Um, Ezra. I would just say Ezra. As Ezra wants to challenge. I like Ezra's team. Light a fire under his belly. Just say Ezra. I'm gonna say Gabe. I'm gonna say Gabe. I don't oh, okay. like. I don't. Did you like, already say? I think you already said Gabe is your third. Ah, oh, fuck. I, I I would still go with Jesse. I think I think his team like could go downhill very quickly if things go bad for him. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put. I said Lieb, Jason, Gabe. You said Jesse. What's Joey's team? It's Joey's team. My team's expected to lead the week in points, buddy. Is it? Yes, sir. Well, I'm not. I I, I don't think like I'm actually going to be. I Yahoo's uh, power rankings have me number one. I don't think that's where I stand right now. That's silly. Listen, you know, fuck it. Joey's missing the playoffs. Joey's okay, missing the playoffs. I like me. that. I've never, missed, I've never missed the playoffs before. You're just going to light a fire in my belly. So. It's good to it's good to have smoke in the league. It's good to have listen, smoke in the league. Listen, this, I appreciate this the doesn't challenge. Doesn't feel like genuine smoke, but 
Um, I'll, I'll, tell the guys, the I'll tell the guys nobody believes in us. And yeah, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. Yakov, who's missing playoffs for you? Uh, I think I already said. I said the three, the three you said, and then I, Jesse was my fourth. Joey? Um, I don't know. See what happens. Wow. Doesn't have the stones. Dang. Well, I'm second in the power rankings by less than a point. That's annoying. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, mean I mean, like if you check like the, the projected standings, it has me projected for the best like uh, record, but that has me fifth in the power rankings. Hey, what are you yeah. talking about, Joey? The the power rankings. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I'm behind uh, behind Ezra by a point. Oh yeah, I I don't know why. I mean, like I think that like uh, having the top end guys is what matters, and so I think that like Yahoo feels the same way. But I don't think that like this is all Schrager and Weinstein. 11 and 3, according to Yahoo. Crazy. Dr. Chief, 2 and 12. All right. <laughs> That's tough. All right. Well, um, anybody have uh, a Dvar tour for Rosh Hashanah before we get out of here? Yaakov? Definitely not. <laughs> happy birthday, Adam Chava. Yeah. Happy birthday to Jason, right? It's today. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Jason. Uh, yeah, happy, birthday. happy birthday, Jason. Happy birthday, John Wall. Um, yeah. There's someone else. Maybe John Locke. It's Liad Stoller's birthday, if you care. Okay, Becca Kraut's birthday. So yeah, sure. uh, we, I don't know how we forgot about Jason the Good Chavez. Good Chavez. Like I already texted. I texted him like half an hour before Ooh, we recorded. Happy birthday! Internet. But you know, okay. Uh, then happy birthday to Leap and Adam Machava. Are you ready to go home? Good Chavez, good Yantif. Yeah. Jason and I will be in the same minion over uh-huh. uh, over uh, at least tomorrow. I uh, I got roped into doing Psuke to Zerma, which means I have to show up on time, which is oh. really tough. It's Psuke to It's just normal, isn't it? Like normal. No, it's it's Yantif Nusach. It's Yantif Nusach, but like, but it's nothing. It's nothing fancy. It's not not uh, fancy. It's just it's different. Um, but I I'm not going to practice. I know it. Um, but more more than anything, it just means that like I have to show up to show at eight o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, that's tough beans. And then next week we'll have some Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur recap. Yeah, Rosh Hashanah um, recap Yom Kippur preview. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for everybody. Uh, you know, we're gonna get written in this week, and uh, you know, sealed the following. Um, anybody who's listening, uh, who's not in the league, um, I think we're going to Silver Mets' uh, first day after uh, show after lunch. I mean, and uh, Adler's second day. They're uh, they're they're two little children, though. I imagine we'll be in yards for both those days. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think I think that's it for us. Hopefully, we'll get right. this out in about an hour. All right, see you guys. All right. Thanks for coming, Yaakov. Thanks yeah, for thanks, Yaakov. Yaakov, Eliyahu. Bye.